This is Gregory Bloom and Chef Jackson Lamb in studio here at Food Chat. Food Chat is about reconnecting you to food and is on Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. here at 560 KLZ. Food Chat is all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, basically everything that's involved in getting food from the field to your plate. And if you missed any of our last shows, you can find them all at foodchat.us, www.foodchat.us. Hey, Chef Jackson, welcome to the show, and I'm glad you're here, and we're here to talk about beans today. That sounds great, and I, I have a lot of knowledge for you. Well, I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know beans about beans, even though I grew up on a farm in Colorado. I had no idea until just a couple of years ago when I met Bob and Chelsea that uh, uh, Colorado was such a, you know, great bean producing state yeah and uh as a chef it made me realize why don't we have more beans in our diet on a regular basis yeah that's a good question in fact we're going to ask uh chelsea to address that question and uh, uh you know you and i got to um over the last couple of years be part of the the promotion of colorado dry beans uh in in some recipe contests we did at uh your school tell us about you know some of the things you learned about beans while we were doing these contests and, and just your your experience teaching at msu okay you know first of all just a little background there just to expose our students at metro state to the world of beans uh, the Colorado Dry Bean Committee hosted a number of different recipe contests, right. and our students' participation in that was tremendous. Your question for me was, what have I learned about dry beans during uh, uh, this time frame? I do learn, or I did learn, that you know when you go to the, the supermarket, regardless of the store, dry beans are not where canned beans are. Mm -hmm. And so from a marketing perspective, you know, they, they hide the beans over in the rice section. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, again, our consumers should know that. But we primarily worked with dry beans. And, you know, to be honest with you, Greg, they, they're a lot lighter, they're easier to store, and they're readily available when you need them. The, the cans, they're great, but I think that the, the dry beans and the versatility of what we grow in Colorado is really what the consumer should be uh, shooting for. Right. And, you know, people probably don't know this, but I grew up near a cannery in Brighton. It was called Cuner. And back when I was a kid, they did canned beans at that plant right there along the Platte River on Highway 85. But that plant closed down, but the label lives on, and now those beans are co-packaged in the Midwest. But they still have the Cuner label on them with the Rocky Mountains, and it makes it look like it's a Colorado uh, you know, product, it's really not. So if people want to support the Colorado Dry Bean uh, Committee and the Colorado Dry Bean Industry and the farmers that raise dry beans, so they really need to be looking for the dry beans, not the canned beans. Exactly correct, because those canned beans, that's usually uh, a conglomerate of beans from several different states. Right, that's right. I know we uh, during the, the uh, recipe contest that uh, you uh, help us put on at uh, MSU, uh, I thought it was amazing what the students did with the beans. And the things that they came up with were things that I had never thought of. A lot of these students, though, I think they grew up in other parts of the world where they eat more beans and have more experience with beans. And, you know, just so could you speak to that a little bit? Uh, of course. You know, at Metropolitan State University of Denver, we have a very diverse international student population. And so we recognize if we want to try to spur on these students to submit recipes, let's appeal to their home 
culture. So as a result, you know, when it comes to working with garbanzo beans, you know, that's where we make hummus, right. a falafel, or roasted garbanzos. Um, you know, kidney beans, of course, we grow those in Colorado, but, you know, we had students turning in uh, recipes for chili, which is common, mm-hmm. but they were making like a red bean, um, uh, red bean meatloaf or yeah. a three bean salad. The international students, again, we had students bringing in recipes from Israel, Lebanon, Morocco, Colombia, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mexico, of course, uh, Asian, African, Cuban, and Italian. So when we really look at international cuisine, beans are international. Beans and rice go hand in hand in every culture and cuisine. So, you know, I think what we're trying to do is call uh, everyone's attention to that fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that, we're going to have uh, Bob and Chelsea join us now. We have uh, Bob Shork and Chelsea Dittinger, both from the Colorado Dry Bean Committee, and they're joining us for a call. And uh, uh, Bob and Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. I'll start off with uh, a question for you, Chelsea, and then uh, I'll have Jackson ask one for you, Bob. Uh, Chelsea, tell us a little bit about you know uh, what you're doing up at CSU. You're getting your PhD. D in beans. You're the only person that I've ever met, Chelsea, that's got a, that's working on a PhD in beans. Uh, tell us what I'm are the, what are what are tell us a little bit about what you're doing up there at CSU with your your research and what are some of the common questions you get from people when they find out you're getting a PhD in beans? Yeah. So, thanks for having me. Beans are my favorite topic, as I hope you can imagine, since I'm doing my PhD on them. So I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, but I'm basically. I'm doing a lot of different things in beans and kind of translational research to really reach out to the public and see, you know, what are challenges they face, you know, cooking beans or any any of those things, you know, potential barriers to enjoying more beans because of all the benefits that people and the environment can reap when they have beans. So working on that and focusing on outreach. And then I'm also doing some fun citizen science experiments, and I, I love what I do. But like you said, uh, not many people do a PhD on beans, and so... <laughs> When I tell people that I'm doing that, um, I guess one of the first questions I often get is, really, or why? Because they, they don't believe me. Some people think I'm kidding, and I'm, I'm not. I'm totally serious about it, as you know, <laughs> since you've met me. Uh, so I get to then explain that, no, I'm being serious, and I'm doing it because I think beans are the perfect food. They're amazing for human and environmental health. They're culturally relevant. Like Chef Jackson was saying, they're in cuisines all across the world. They have great food science properties. They're local to Colorado. I could go on, but perfect. Um, But then another question I get is uh, what my favorite type of bean is. And I think I'm not allowed to pick a favorite, just like you can't pick a favorite child. And it it depends on what I'm making and everything. But of course, I love Colorado Pintos. But one bean I want to highlight is also Mayacoba or yellow beans that we also grow here in Colorado. So again, not allowed to pick a favorite, but if you haven't tried yellow beans grown in Colorado, I would recommend those. Um, I have, there are some other good questions I get too, and uh, one of them is, you know, do beans really make you gassy? So I can dive into that now, or we can talk about that later if you ask about, you know, ways to help people eat more beans. I don't want to take up all the time going on about my favorite topic. So do you want me to address that now or in a little bit? Chelsea, we can come back to that one, all right? Hey, but yeah. I want to also um, compliment you on your Ph.D. in beans. You know, as a professor, I see students pursuing degrees in a field that has no future. 
And, you know, again, it might be anthropology. It might be, you know, uh, I'm getting a major in English. Well, is that going to pay the bills? But your research has international implications. And it, we're trying to feed a, a nation here. We're trying to feed the world. That's where a Ph.D. in beans comes in handy. Thank you, Chelsea, for doing that. Thank you. Very good. Hey, uh, Bob, welcome to the show. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. We... Uh, Last time we got together was during the Big Bean Summit at Metro State uh, back in March. What fun that was, wasn't it? It was great, and you and uh, Greg both hosted it and basically did the whole show, and it got a fantastic reception, so thank you for doing that for us. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, Bob, just uh, uh, for the listening audience, you know, we brought in the Hispanic Restaurant Association, and then they had a bean cooking competition. I mean, this was something to see. So we hope to replicate that next year. But, hey, Bob, I do have a question for you, and that is, you know, as a chef, I know that uh, I've really be become exposed to all the different types of beans out there. However, not all those beans are grown in Colorado. Can you give us a little bit more of a, a, a detailed look at the beans that we do grow here? Sure. We are primarily a pinto bean state. Uh, pinto beans account for about 75% of our total production. And then yellow myocopas make up about 10%. And light red kidneys make up about 10% of our production. So that's those three are 95%. And then we also grow black-eyed peas, great northern, red, black, and garbanzo beans in the state. That's great, Bob. Thank you very much. Bobby, we were able to, uh, Chef Jackson and I, go visit some of the farmers and shoot a video uh, that people can see on our website uh, uh, of uh, the beans being harvested, actually. Uh, what, why, why, when you talk to farmers that grow beans, Bob, why, why do you find that they, they grow beans in Colorado, and, and why is Colorado a good place to grow beans? Well, it's hard to say why Colorado is such a great place to grow beans. We, our beans, our pintos in particular, are perceived as being bright and a vibrant color. So they're a real bright color on, a, on a, a brownish bean. And we also have a large berry size. The, the color can be quanti quantified through instruments, but we think it's probably because of the elevation here, the uh, warm, sunshiny days, and then cool nights probably is what makes the difference versus other bean-growing states. Uh, for the quality of our beans. It also goes through to the other varieties, too. Um, the second part of your question was, why do far uh, farmers grow beans? It really comes down to agronomics and also, to some extent, soil health. If bean prices are high and the input costs are low, uh, that would be the seed costs, fertilizers, people, farmers will p p devote more acres to beans. If corn is high and beans are low, they, they have the ability to switch out. But beans are what are considered to be a great rotational crop. And what that means is if a farmer would rotate over a course of three or four years, growing corn, growing wheat, and growing beans, it's been shown that that really helps the soil uh, a lot. And beans are known as the soil fixer because they actually put more nitrogen back into the soil than they take out. That rotation also helps reduce the amount of fertilizer and uh, inputs that are needed and reduces both 
disease and pest pressure on. So it all works to maintain Mother Earth, and it's kind of a, a good circle. There are other crops that can be rotated in, like uh, sugar beets in Colorado and a few others, but basically beans should be rotated in about every three years for good soil health. Yeah, I remember from visiting the farms um, with you, uh, Bob, that uh, the, the farmers don't just raise beans. They have two or three crops, and they rotate. And as you said, they, uh, um, they, they'll, uh, you know, change one field from beans to corn and then to another crop so i do i do remember that so sure hey bob i do have a question also very related um how about irrigation uh is do we need a lot of water for bean production or can we is there dry farming uh, how does all that work yeah, well unfortunately because of this extended what we're in 20 25 year drought almost all dry land bean farming is gone there was a lot on the western slope and a lot in southwestern Colorado, but with the drought, they, they basically have, have given up on that. But the good news is, and why beans are such a sustainable source of protein is, they use a lot less water than any other source of protein. Chelsea, I have a question for you. Uh, at the Bean Summit at MSU in March, I was uh, able to attend your seminar, which was just excellent, and you addressed some of the obstacles um, for you know why people don't eat more beans. So why why do you think tell, share with the audience that wasn't there, Chelsea? Why why don't Americans eat more beans, and and how do you suggest ways people can get more beans in their diet? Yeah, I think this is a really important question, and that's why I'm excited to research it because beans really are one of the healthiest foods. They're really unique nutritionally. They're high in fiber and protein, which you don't get that in other foods. So I think addressing some of those reasons that people maybe don't eat more beans is really critical for public health and also for sustainability for all the, you know, some of the benefits that you were talking about, you know, soil health and low water usage. But one thing I hear is, you know, beans take too long to cook if you're talking about dry beans. But there are lots of ways that you can actually reduce cooking time. And also with, you know, electric pressure cookers or slow cookers, it can be very hands-off. And so there are lots of, you know, tips I can share about ways to reduce cooking time. And then another thing that I run into, and you hear it more in the summer, is, oh, I only use beans and chili. You know, kind of like Chef was talking about earlier. That's what a lot of people think of. But beans are incredibly versatile. They've been a global culinary staple for thousands of years. And so there's so many different ways you can use them. You know, you can, you can blend them into smoothies. You can put them in desserts, right? You can have a bean salad that has produce from whatever season you're in to really highlight, you know, their versatility. And again, my favorite topic, I could go on, but truly you can have beans for breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, and I've proven it. So you can come visit me if you don't believe me. And then another thing is gas, right? So people say, oh, I'm going to be really gassy if I have beans. And that's really not necessarily the case. So there has been research done on that. And a few comments is a few comments I want to make. One that's really hyped up, like not everybody experiences that. And then two, if you eat any food with fiber, which you want, because for gut health and to be a healthy human, you need fiber, uh, then you're going to have gas. That's it's a good thing, actually, in a sense. So I think people kind of get too worried about it. But yeah, if you get used to eating beans, get used to eating fiber on a healthy diet, then that'll often go away. And they've done studies where, for instance, people have carrots as the control. And so you would expect that just having 
you know, some carrots wouldn't increase gas, but even people who had carrots in, said that, oh, yeah, I, I got gassier. So there's a little bit of that placebo going on there. So I think some of those comments and then also some research suggests that soaking beans and discarding the soaking water before you cook them can also help with that. So all those, you know, tips that we can put into play to really make eating beans easy, delicious, all those good things, I think will help a lot. Chelsea, it's Jackson here, and it's great to hear you again. It was, we had fun at the Bean Summit last year. Thanks. I had a great time, too. Very good. Hey, um, you were describing a couple of great dishes there. I've had students bring brownies in that are made with black mm-hmm. beans. Unbelievable. And if they didn't tell me, I wouldn't know that it was made out of black beans. So uh, for the people that are listening, it's fantastic. Um, Chelsea, my question for you, I love your response about which is your favorite bean. Well, it's like naming a favorite child. What? But, you know, when we look at cooking raw beans, you know, of course, I'm a chef. You know, we can do the overnight soaking method in water. We can use a pressure cooker. Uh, maybe there's an Instapot that you could use, and that's going to reduce cooking time as well. Do you have a favorite uh, uh, technique in, uh, in getting your beans up to, up to speed? Yeah, personally, I actually really like stovetop cooking. It's very therapeutic for me. It's, you know, you, you sort through the beans. You, I soak them overnight usually with some salt in the soaking water, and then I cook them up in just salt. And people ask me, you know, how about the... But you usually eat beans, and my answer is I literally just eat a bowl full of them. They're so good. All you need is just salt, you know, and they're creamy. They have different textures. There's a great variety. So that's uh, what I like to do. But see, use whatever method works for you. You know, if your schedule better fits a slow cooker, if it better fits a traditional or electric pressure cooker, whatever is going to make you want to eat more beans and enjoy the process, that would be the way I'd recommend doing it. Chelsea, I like the term therapeutic. That's terrific because, you know, you're there. You're in control. You're adding the water. The beans soak up the water. You might have to add more. I do fine with the pressure cooker or the Instapot. Out of sight, out of mind. You don't know what's going on in there. So I agree with you. The old-fashioned stovetop uh, soaking method is the best. Yeah, it's my, it's my favorite. You can, like you said, you can control it a lot more and there are things you can do also, like don't add acids until the end, and actually salting does help beans be more flavorful, but also it can reduce cooking time. We've done studies on it, so there's a myth out there that never salt them. It prevents them from softening, but it's actually, a, that is a myth. So, you know, salt your beans, wait on acid, use fresh beans. So that's another great way to enjoy local beans, right? Beans do have a long shelf life, but if you can get beans that were harvested more recently they'll soak up that water better they'll cook better you'll have a better and tastier experience chelsea while we're talking about um preparing beans i think it's important for people to know because they probably don't know this that when they're um thinking about beans they should be thinking about beans tomorrow because they should soak the beans overnight and you know you can speed it up by uh cooking them on the stovetop a couple hours but i find the texture and the quality of the bean is better if you slow soak them but um chef jackson i have a video of us visiting the uh, cleaning facility up in lucerne and uh you know people need to know that those beans are triple clean through a method that's very interesting to watch that short video we've done but they're not washed so when you put beans out of the bag into your pot and then you add water you really should 
uh, in my view, rinse them because they've not been rinsed. So they've, they came off the field. They have not t seen water yet. So I rinse them and then I put the water in that they're going to soak in. And if you did this one step of the same water that you're soaking in and you didn't do the pre-rinse, at least what you want to do is, is maybe you could speak to this, Chelsea, is before you cook those beans, you want to change the water out. Is that what you recommend, Chelsea? recommendation you know there's research going both ways um, in terms of if you should keep or discard the soaking water but I think you know one of one suggestion that is out there is if you discard the soaking water it can help with gas if that is an issue which again it might not even be an issue but like you said you do want to rinse the beans because they have a little bit of maybe dust on them or something which they should you know they were grown in a field and we love that so yeah rinse those soak them if you have time and then if you discard that soaking water and cook that's a a good general way to do it but you know there's lots of flexibility and you can play around with it and see what you like best in your kitchen do you, do you find like i do chelsea that there's a difference in the quality of the the bean eating experience if you soak them uh, the day before versus cooking them either you know uh, boiling on the stove or even in an instapot yeah i think so like i said i'm not a huge fan of the inst Sorry, I, I'm not a huge fan of Instant Pot. I know a lot of people love them. I like to cook on the stovetop, though. But if you don't soak your beans, you can still cook them. But they will take longer. And also, you, you tend to get a little bit more blowout, right? Because the beans are just having water almost forced into them, especially in an electric pressure cooker. And if you didn't use salt, it can be even more extreme. But you'll just I think you get a creamier, better quality bean when you've soaked them first. Yeah, I agree. That's that's been my experience. Uh, hey, Bob, um, I have one more question for you um, uh, regarding bean production. Uh, I get asked this because I, I sell Colorado beans uh, through our website and then direct to restaurants and such. But uh, they're asking me about the bean crop this year. How does the the bean crop look this year? Do you, do you have any intel on that, Bob? It's going to be a little smaller than it was last year, and it's significantly smaller than it was two years ago. Uh, both in Colorado and both nationwide, but it should be very similar, so we should be okay. Good to hear. And where is Colorado, like, uh, in the ranking of bean production in the U.S.? Are we in the top 10, or where are we? We, uh, we are. There, there's only about 12 bean-producing states uh, in the United States, and we rank between 5th and 7th uh, yearly, depending upon how our crop comes in versus the other states. You know, Bob, I um, didn't know that, and I'm embarrassed to say that because I grew up on a farm in Brighton and then went through the Colorado Ag Leadership Program a couple of years ago, and then I, I came out of that not even knowing uh, much about bean production until I met you. So that was a great introduction a couple of years ago. Um, I have uh, just one more question for each of you, and then we're going to let you go. Um, I'll ask one, and then um, uh, um, I guess I'll ask a question to uh, Bob, and then I'll let Jackson wrap up with Chelsea. Um, Bob, um, you've been... Um, promoting Colorado beans for, for many years. Uh, tell us just uh, some of your uh, highlights of your career selling, uh, not really selling, but promoting, promoting Colorado beans. What have you enjoyed? Uh, what are the top couple things you've enjoyed about your work with Colorado, Colorado bean producers? Well, the, the absolute number one was getting you to, to uh, sell and package Colorado Proud beans. We've been working on that for 30 plus years, and you're the first bean dealer to do that so that was a giant step and i think that started two years ago if i'm correct right and, and then the other thing that it's been a real big plus was typically bean meetings have always in, in our state and in all other states focused on research and 
uh, farming techniques. And the bean summit that you and Jackson put on at MSU last year, and we're going to do again this year, um, with more of the cultural cooking and, I guess, promoting beans to especially restaurants. And I think that was the first one that's ever been done that I'm aware of in the United States in 25 years. So that was another big step, and we're hoping to keep that momentum going. Great. Yeah, and we do enjoy, um, you know, trying to connect people to their food and the fact that these beans, a lot of these beans that we sell in the in the Barber's Farms package, they're a Colorado Proud branded bean, one of the few in the marketplace. But we're trying to connect people to the fact that Colorado grows some great beans, especially pinto beans, which are the number one consumed bean in this in in the state. So uh, yeah, that's really been a lot a lot of fun working with you last couple of years. Uh, Jackson, I'll give it to you to wrap it up. Uh, we just have one more minute uh, for Alrighty. you to talk, Chelsea. Well, Chelsea, let me just uh, come right back to you. You know, earlier we were describing uh, the making of hummus or uh, other types of bean dishes that we see internationally. You know, during our bean summit, we were looking to see if we could combine two different beans in one dish. Are you seeing any uh, activity like that out there in the marketplace? Definitely with consumers. You know, consumers are really creative and they will combine, you know, there are lots of bean salads or even dishes that have multiple beans combined in one, like a tempeh. You know, a tempeh might have a couple different types of beans in it. So on, I'm seeing that in smaller businesses and with consumers and somewhat in, you know, larger, if there are perhaps a veggie burger or something. But there's a lot of really exciting innovation uh, worldwide happening on this. So thrilled to see what keeps coming out. But yeah, I'd say... You know, multi-bean tempeh, multi-bean salad, multiple beans and different dips. There's, the world is the oyster, you know, our, the bean oyster. I'm not sure how to phrase it, but you know what I mean. You can do anything with beans. Chelsea, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. We really appreciate you uh, calling in from Fort Collins, I believe. Is that right? It is. Thanks for having me. It's my favorite topic, and I really appreciate what you all are doing to help share beans with everyone. And Bob, thank you for calling in. We appreciate your time too today and we uh, just enjoyed all that you had to share. Thank you. Thank both of you. Today's show is brought to you by RanchFreshMeats.com. In addition to finding the best quality meats in the marketplace, Ranch Fresh Meats also finds the best quality Colorado beans and you can find them at RanchFreshMeats.com. We have pinto beans, black beans, yellow beans, garbanzo beans, and many other varieties of beans, most grown in Colorado, all cleaned and packaged here in our home state. Find your favorite Colorado Proud Beans on sale this month at ranchfreshmeats.com and look for the page for beans. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.